Welcome, everyone, to the Student Ministry Podcast. This is episode 49 of the Student Ministry Podcast, and I'm Steve Cullum. I'm your host for this episode. And this episode is not only the first one in 2020, Happy New Year to everybody, but it's also the end of our four years of doing this podcast, four years of interviewing other youth workers and talking about their ministry, talking about what God has taught them over the years. And it's been such an, an honor to be able to interview them all and talk about all their stories. And I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. Some of you have been there from the very beginning and you've listened to all 49 episodes, actually 50 if you count the episode zero, the the kickoff one. And uh, which thank you so much. Thanks, thanks for, for tuning in. Thanks for recommending uh, this podcast to others. And and Happy New Year. Um, as we think about 2020 and, and going forward, I know a lot of people just that's just crazy just to think that this is 2020 now. Um, that, that year seems such like a, a far distant thing that was so far off that we were never going to reach 2020. I don't know. At least that's that's what I thought uh, back when, when I was younger. And, and now here we are. And, uh, and, and God's got a, an amazing year of ministry in store for all of us. And he's going to do some great things. And today we get an opportunity to talk a little more with a good friend of mine named Tom Bump. And Tom's actually been on the podcast a couple different times, but he's always been in, in the context of the Orange Conference. We've done a couple kind of recaps of the Orange Conference the last couple years, and Tom's been on there to kind of share what he's learned from the pod, uh, from the conference. Uh, but today I get an opportunity to just dive into his story and his ministry, uh, especially around the, the topic of coaching, of ministry coaching. And I know that's something that is a brand new thought to a lot of people in ministry. And you're like, what does that even mean? What is coaching? We're going to talk a lot about that today as, as Tom shares uh, the importance of his own coaching, how what he received uh, from coaches, and then also what he does for other people in ministry as a coach. So uh, we're going to jump into that in just a bit. But before we do that, I want to thank our sponsor for this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast, and that is G Shades Student Curriculum. G-Shades is a curriculum, but it's also a strategy focused on helping students see every life situation through the lens of the gospel. As you've heard me say a lot of times, uh, many of us do a lot of things in youth ministry unintentionally. We we talk about the gospel, but sometimes only when we're doing an altar call or an invitation. And we, we teach students to do as Jesus did, but sometimes we forget to uh, help them see as Jesus sees. And we sometimes give students a fractured picture of the faith by teaching biblical principles and practices without actually tying them down to their gospel foundation. And so in an effort to try to do something different, G-Shades is a curriculum focused and designed to help you produce confident, gospel-focused students who are able to use their gospel lens to then navigate the complexities of our modern culture. We're in youth ministry professionally, and when it comes to the gospel, most of us will just naturally model it to our students, but G-Shade's goal is to help us teach it to our students. And each series is complete with message manuscripts, small group leader guides, parent guides, daily Instagram devotionals, games, 
graphic slides, and even bumper videos. There's a lot packed into that. And as a bonus, you can actually go to gshades.org and download a free week of the G-Shades curriculum. But also, when you order, you can use the promo code STUMINPOD, that's S-T-U-M-I-N-P-O-D, to receive 5% off your order. Thank you to G-Shades for sponsoring this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. And before we jump into this interview, I do want to thank you again for tuning in. And I want to encourage you to subscribe if you haven't done that yet and share this with other youth workers out there who need to hear these kind of stories and and just be encouraged, but also uh, to to hear some great wisdom from other youth workers out there. So if you haven't uh, subscribed yet, please do so. If you haven't shared this with other youth workers, please do so. And be sure to follow us on social media. You can follow me at Steve Cullum at most on most social medias, but you can also follow the uh, the Student Ministry Podcast. We're at Stumin Pod S T U M I N P O D on Twitter, and we're at the Student Ministry Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. And we would love for you to follow us there and engage in the conversation and also recommend other youth workers that we need to interview on future episodes. And with all that out of the way, let's jump right into this conversation with Tom Bump. Hey, Tom, thanks so much for joining us today on the Student Ministry Podcast. Hey, it's good to be with you, Steve. Yeah, so you've actually been on this podcast a a couple times so far, all about Orange uh, Conference, but this is the first time I've actually just got to sit down and and interview you about your ministry. Yeah, yeah, well, it's a new adventure and and a new day and new decade. So um, yeah, I'm pretty excited to share about what uh, the journey that God's got me on now. For sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, with all our podcast uh, interviews, we love to just hear your story at the very beginning. So for people that uh, they've they've got a little bit of your story on the last couple uh, podcasts about all about the Orange Conference. But I'd I'd love for you to just dive in a little deeper and maybe tell your story of how you even uh, came to know Christ and then uh, how you got into ministry and where God has taken you over the years. Well, um, let's see. I was born as a baby. Um, I don't remember it. No, just kidding. <laughs> Although Somebody if you did, me, that I would be amazing. Oh. <laughs> oh, as people will learn very quickly, I'm not real serious very often. Um, I can be when I have to be, but I don't like to be all the time. So I'm a big kid. Um, now, uh, my, my, uh, I was born in Indiana and my father was a pastor um, and uh, just retired after 50 plus years of ministry. Um, and uh, um, so I, I grew up in the church. I always tell people second row, right hand side, <laughs> right next to my mother. So she could grab me by the back of my hair when I started messing around, antagonizing my <laughs> younger siblings. Um so she she had this gift of grabbing right in the right spot this little tuft of hair on the back of my neck it just just got my attention undividedly <laughs> um and or my dad would give me that look um of when I'm out of the pulpit we're going to have a we're going to have a talk so which I didn't have to have very often but anyway but I grew up in the church and and uh, and loved being a part of the ministry. My my parents kept us kids involved in a lot of different things and 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 then as we got older, began to give us more options to say, hey, you you 
feel out where you belong and your giftings and your talents and and then you run with it and uh, never forced us to do anything which was really cool they gave us plenty of freedom plenty of opportunities to to fail forward and and to grow from it but also chances to learn and and uh, so when I was uh, man gosh I think I was around like 10 or 11 years old we used to have this bible club back in our in our house called the good news club and and we'd have it every week after school and my mom would teach and uh, I liked having I mean I liked being a part of it but I also kind of wanted to help and so she started teaching me how to teach and and to do it in front of kids and and so event first time was just teaching a memory verse how to how to to do it and how to memorize it and and so we learned how to play games with the the, the kids and we had this flannel graph board mm-hmm. um you know yeah what reggie joiner showed at orange comments was legit i started with that nice. um <laughs> and uh um, that really dates myself, man. Now I feel really old. <laughs> I remember <gasps> playing on Garth too, um, so I don't feel like I'm that old. No, I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but we, we started with this Bible club and, and, and God really started using that. I loved being a part of it. I loved telling stories. Um, we used to get these missionary stories that we could tell. So I learned how to handle a flashcard story and, and would tell this, these cliffhangers where each week we'd be like right to the exciting part. And we'd be like, oh, now you got to come back next week to find out what happened to this missionary. Does he get eaten by the lion or not? You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> they, they, there were some crazy stories, um, but really cool, true. They're all true stories. But anyway, God started using that. And little by little, um, next thing you know, I'm teaching a Sunday night Bible club for kids um, because some of the young families didn't want to come out to a Sunday evening service because they didn't want to sit with their kids. So my dad had the idea of, hey, we should do a Bible club for them at night and have some fun with them and teach them. And that way the kids aren't getting bored because my dad didn't want kids being bored at church. And uh, so I volunteered. And so I started doing it. So I started being the one with the flannel graph and, mm. and leading it. And pretty soon they decided they better get some help for this 12-year-old kid because I had 25 kids showing up. <laughs> um, and, uh, and from there, it progressed to uh, being a teenager in youth group. And at 16, 17, uh, our youth leader um, left and nobody wanted to hang out with us. Um, and so the students met the group met without me knowing and voted me to be the leader and went (laughs) to my dad and said hey we don't need any adults tom can lead us um we all voted we're all unanimous we want him to lead so i became a youth leader at 17 um (laughs) and started learning how to do bible lessons for students and games and activities and and uh and and God just started multiplying those kind of things. And where I really got my call to ministry, I mean, well, I and I skipped over the part of coming to Christ, but I I accepted Christ as my savior as a six year old kid in a good news club. Um and and God continued to use all of that. And then by the time I was seventeen, um, I was doing a Bible club in Detroit, Michigan. Um, and I was there for seven weeks to teach these summer clubs. And I was doing four clubs a day um, for seven weeks and all over. Very first club in Detroit, in a nice neighborhood in Detroit, very <laughs> affluent. There were three churches within walking distance, all nice churches. And 
the very first day, this little girl, I was just starting into the Bible lesson, raised her hand, and I will never, ever forget this. She looked at me and, sorry, I get a little choked up when I talk about this story (laughs) all these years later. Um, She looked at me and she's like, who is God? Hmm. And uh, it wasn't one of those goofy questions. It was a, I mean, she looked right into my eyes and truly had not heard who he was. Hmm. And it just crushed me. I, I mean, just, I don't know why, but God used that little girl to just hit me and say, I want you to teach my book hmm. to anybody and everybody. And I knew it so crystal clear that that was the day that God was saying, I want you in ministry. Mm. Um, and and I went back, um, I mean, praise God, I was able to lead her to Jesus. And she ended up bringing like eight of her friends the next day. <laughs> um, if my memory serves me right, every one of them, I believe every one of them accepted Christ that week. Nice. She became a little missionary immediately. <laughs> And and that's truly when I, I was like, all right, God, you wherever you send me, I don't care who you send me to. Somebody asked me a long time. Well, I, I get asked this a lot after doing this for thirty years now. Um, do I am I do I feel called to one specific group? Because I've been a children's pastor, I've been a youth pastor, I've been an associate, I've done interim senior pastoring, um, I've been the janitor, <laughs> um, I've been a straight up volunteer, <laughs> um, and. And I said, you know what? I know God called me to preach and teach and to evangelize. It doesn't matter who he puts in front of me. Um, I'll love him and show Jesus to him, point him to Jesus everywhere I can. So, um, you know, but I started, I actually got my full-time, my first full-time position was with Child Evangelism Fellowship uh, in Indiana. Um, and I became a local director there and a trainer and and started working with with students and helping them do the Bible clubs like I used to do and and still did and and uh, and then got into a little country church and became a youth pastor and and uh, uh, it was crazy. I was going to college full time. I was I was a youth pastor um, and then my pastor had a heart attack and so the board wanted me to be the pastor while he was home recovering for a few months. So I was preaching on Sunday morning, Sunday nights, leading student ministry on Wednesday nights, going to college full time. My wife was pregnant all for the grant. I mean, and they were paying me a grand total of $6,000 a year. Um, so, wow. Um, I, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> but somehow by the grace of God, the church grew. Um, I grew and, uh, and honestly, the rest is history. I mean, like I said, I've held different positions and, and I've loved, um, you know, each one they've been, you know, I've been in churches as small as 50 people and I've been up, uh, to a multi-site of over 5,000. Um, and, uh, and, and every ministry has been unique. Every ministry has taught me a lot about myself, a lot about who I am, um, about my leadership style, um, I've seen I've seen great things happen. I've seen really crappy things happen. Um, there was times where I was ready just to take a bench seat and say, "Okay, God, I'm out. Um, I'm done for a while." Mm-hmm. Um, there was there was a point where I was ready to walk away and say, "I quit. Uh, I'll I'll go work." I I did uh, cemetery sales, um, the world dead end job. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I'll dive it in a little rim shot you. later. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Everybody's dying to meet me, you know, um, um, you know, you had to have a grave personality to work there, mm. you know, but I dug it. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I've often thought if like um, people that work in that side of the business, you have to have that that dark sense of humor at some level because yes. it could get really, oh, yes. really depressing if you don't. I guess it, it it could and 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 it was and it but but it became such a great ministry too. Mm. I mean, God turned that even into ministry. Mm. Um, and uh, in fact, that's part part of why the guy hired me because he saw I had been a pastor, and he was like, "We need somebody like you around here." Mm. Um, and uh, and it was, it was, but it, but it was a time for me just to step away from ministry and I needed that. And so God has taken all of that experience. And now, um, after all these years, um, I launched into a new ministry called KMC Coaching, um, where now I'm doing leadership and ministry coaching. Um, I'm helping churches develop family ministry strategies, um, helping youth pastors, children's pastors, um, senior pastors kind of figure things out. Um, and, uh, because like I say, all of those things, the good and the bad and the ugly, and, and then knowing that there's, you know, there's a lot of research out there. A good friend of mine just did a doctoral study where she was seeing how people that were coming into ministry were not making it past year number five, mm. and then completely walking away from ministry to get all together and never coming back. And I'm like, yeah, I, I could relate to that. I mean, I, I remember year five was tough, but I also had years 12 and 13 <laughs> that were brutal and, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And and people have always asked me, well, how do you keep going and what do you do? And, and so I, I started realizing that, you know, God wanted me to use that experience to help others. And my goal in, in KMC coaching is to help lead more to reach more. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I want to I want to lead more leaders and help them and walk with them and be that resource that if they're hurting they've got someone to talk to if they're looking to grow their leadership um, to be challenged and stretched and pushed outside their comfort zones I want to be that kind of resource um, and so I just feel like God's asking me to run kind of alongside the church right now mm-hmm. than be inside the church mm-hmm. um, which is a different experience for me completely. Um, but, uh, I'm excited to see where, where God leads it. It's, it's a big out step of faith, but, um, we're going to see where it goes. Yeah. That's awesome. And I think it's, it's cool. Like, I don't know it, I, I hope that you've, you've had some time to, to notice this in your own life. I'm sure you have, but as I, as I kind of hear that the summary of, of where God has taken you over the years, it, it seems to be pretty obvious to me that even from an early age, you were, you were trained by your own mom and, and other people kind of poured into you and not, it was, it was just within a few years, all of a sudden you were doing that for other people. And, and mm-hmm. it seems to just, for me, that's a natural extension now. And with this coaching stuff is like, you've just taken it to another level. Uh, but you've been consistently doing this in ministry your entire life. Your ministry has been helping other people do ministry, um, over and over and over again. Yeah, it has. I mean, even as a youth pastor, I was training up young men and women to, to be leaders. And, and, and there's a number of people that I can look at now today and go, they're in full-time ministry. Um, and, and, uh, it's humbling. Um, and yet it's such an encouragement. Um, it makes it 
worth all of the pain and the struggles. And mm. I've told people lots of times that God doesn't waste our pain and he never wastes our experiences. And, and, uh, so everything that I've gone through, um, working for healthy leaders, non-healthy leaders, all that just allows me to see, you know, again, things that I can, perspectives that I can use to help other people. And, and that is something that, yeah, I think as I look back at the course of my life, um, I see how many people, how many coaches I had, Hmm. um, some, some that, well, obviously a lot of them I never paid, um, but a couple I did actually hire and because I found a place where I needed to hire a coach to come into my life and walk with me. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, I had so many people that poured into me that that was part of why I said I felt so compelled to go, you know what, this is something that I should be doing more of. Um, and there needs to be more of us around to help and, Mm -hmm. and to do some of those kind of things. So yeah, that's why AMC coaching just all of a sudden was like, all right, it's time to jump into this and, and make this for real. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So there's a lot of us that have been in, in ministry and, and like similar to myself, went through a more uh, what I would call probably more uh, a traditional route of training and getting into volunteer ministry, going into college. I got an internship. I had a residency and then I stepped into my first full time ministry and have been going ever since and continuing with co- conferences and things like that. But especially when I look back to those early years in ministry, the things that I loved, especially about those times, were were the mentoring, the the mentors that I had from my own youth pastor, and then my mentor during my internship, my residency. I just loved being able to have people that are constantly pouring into me. And when I think of coaching, that's that's where my mind naturally goes as a more experienced in ministry, but still someone that can pour in and help. Um, but I've talked to a lot of, of youth pastors recently and and kind of brought up the idea of coaching with them. And a lot of them are totally taken back and, and don't even know that this ministry coaching is even a thing. So for those mm-hmm. out there that have never heard of coaching, um, what does it mean to actually be coached? And what does that look, what does your ministry look like as a ministry coach? Yeah, and it's really good because there, you know, there's a lot uh, I I bet the best way to describe it is really of, of getting the picture of Paul and Timothy. Mm. Um, to me, and my style of coaching is is that route of of saying, "Hey, I'm going to come alongside you, and and I'm just I'm going to be a guide. Mm. Um, you know, I'm going to be someone that that walks along and allows you to share where you're at and where your heart is and where you're dreaming about going." And then start asking the questions and and start helping you see the potential and the possibilities that sometimes you don't see. And a good coach is somebody who who can anticipate and who can use their experience to anticipate and to 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 see some things that maybe you don't see and you don't recognize. And and uh, and so the coaching. I mean, you could even say it's mentoring. Um, you know, some people get uncomfortable with the idea of coaching because you feel like the coach is going to tell you what to do mm. and what play to run. And that's not really what I do. I, I'm not going to sit there and, and tell you, here's how you run a student ministry. Um, I'm, I'll tell you stories from when I did it. Um, and you can learn from those stories. I'll tell you all, all the screw ups I've done. Mm. Um, <laughs> and you can learn from those so you don't make those same mistakes, you know, and you can lean into that experience. But a, but a coach is one to me that says, I know you've got talents and abilities and a calling on your life, 
and I want to help you maximize that. Mm. Um, and and uh, I mean, if you want to go the the the, the Star Wars thing, uh, you know, it, it is a Yoda mm. um, thing, you know, where y- you don't give them all the answers. Mm. And there are times where some of my coaching students, um, as I call them, or clients, I don't know, I've I've never <laughs> found a co- they're my friends yeah. and and they're my ministry brothers and sisters, and. But when they're, they'll be asking questions, and and I'm not going to give them the direct answer. Mm. And sometimes that drives them nuts. But that's partly because I want them to see it inside themselves. Mm. They have all the answers they they really need. I'm just trying to pull it out and help them see that that the power of the Holy Spirit that's in them is what's in me, and He's going to give them the answer that they're looking for. And so coaching is really walking alongside somebody, having a conversation. Um, where you can be real and vulnerable. There's no judgment. Um, there's a lot more understanding of, because <laughs> I've been there um, and I get it. Um, you know, I've been in places where I've been stuck um, and frustrated and going, man, I just can't get that breakthrough, but I know there's something more on the other side for this, the students or this program or, or I don't know why this isn't working, but yet you do kind of know. It's just that you don't want to quite go there. Mm. And the coach is somebody who comes alongside and says, hey, you know, this is where you're going. Do you mm. see it? And, you know, and here, take a look at this perspective. And if you keep going, what's the outcome? Um, and so coaching is really a lot of a lot of conversation. It's a lot of like what we're doing right now and just talking things through and asking questions and dialoguing and ultimately helping somebody see a path um, that, that uh, um, they need to be walking on. And sometimes it is a warning. Sometimes it is going, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to call you out on this because here's a blind spot. Mm. Um, that was one of the best things with when I hired my coach. Um, he was able to point out to me numbers of times where I was going. And, and he's like, think about the outcome here. I mm. want you to stop for a second and take a good hard look at this. And it was all of a sudden like, whoa, okay. I did not see that. Um, and his experience and his wisdom helped me catch that um, and turn and, and protect myself. Um, so, um, yeah, so the, the coaching model, you know, in, in, there's a lot in children's ministry where you, you do have a little more of that happening now. Um, but, um, yeah, in the student ministry world, it's, it's still young. Um, it's still, I would say I'm probably one of the few that are out there doing mm-hmm. You know where where I'm I'm a, I'm almost a unicorn where I'm offering both, mm. um, doing children's ministry and student ministry. But there's some that just focus on kidmen. There's some that are just focusing on students. But I just feel like God wants me to help both groups wherever I can, since I've got that experience. And sometimes I you know there might be people listening that they're doing some stuff with children's ministry and student ministry. I spent a number of years in churches where that's what I was doing. Yeah. Is I was the student pastor, but I had oversight of the children's ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's tough. It's hard to balance. Um, and so those are kind of people that I can, I really feel like I can help um, gain perspective. And and so it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, um, I didn't realize how fun the coaching experience yeah. was. Um, and I was a little intimidated by it at first, but mm-hmm. I'm so thankful. It was the best investment. I mean, I love conferences. I'm a conference junkie. Um, I love going to school. I love learning. But the best money I've ever spent was hiring my coach, mm. hands down. Wow. 
And I think that's it's kind of crazy because you're in in a way, Tom. You, you don't have the greatest business model because um, not giving the answers means people are not. They're eventually going to be at a function without you. So I don't know. <laughs> just much to rethink your business model. <laughs> no, I think that's, uh, no, that's I so cool. Well, that yeah, because like there's a lot of times we just need outside perspective, and I think yeah. we my, our last podcast actually I talked with uh, someone that's really big into networking, and we need mm-hmm. people that like peer in ministry that we can connect with outside of our own church. But I think sometimes we also need those coaches, those mentors that can see it from an outside perspective. And we can talk about things that it's okay to talk about. It's a safe space in those those places. And yep. they can just say, hey, have you thought about this? Or what do you think about this? And, and it's so great to have that perspective from someone else who's been there and done it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I laugh about my business model because especially even when, when people hear about my rates too, they're like, wow, yeah, you, you really don't have a business sense, do you? And I'm like, no, I'm a pastor and and I'm a shepherd and and my job is to walk alongside. Mm-hmm. So yeah, do I expect to get rich doing this? No, <laughs> um, I don't. Um, but, but I'm trusting God for provision for my family to take care of them because this is what I'm doing full time right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's... It, it, there, there's um, there's such a need for this though because like you said there's the need for networking community but there's also that need for that safe place mm-hmm. and that confidant and and somebody who's been there and there's not a ton of us that have been over that 30 year 40 year mark um, and so it's good to lean in um, and and I Man, I tell you, when I'm hanging out with younger leaders than me, though, I learn so much just as I'm mentoring them. I'm learning and growing myself, and they're keeping me sharp. And it's 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 a great experience, but it's it's one that I truly believe I've got to. I just have this passion that I've got to build more. Um, I want to create more space for this, and and I hope that there'll be more that will come into this area. And 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 yeah, my my hope and focus is is that if I've mentored somebody right coach them right that eventually they're going to go do it for somebody else um Mm -hmm. it may not be their calling or their business thing Mm -hmm. but if they would go and find another youth pastor to to walk alongside of Mm -hmm. that's just coming into ministry if more of us did that i think we would see that statistic of of people walking away before year five or after year five drop yeah. Um, I think we would see more people staying in student ministry and children's ministry for the long haul. Um, and even as a total vocation, um, I mean, I've got guys that have been in youth ministry for 40, 50 years mm. that I shadow, mm. um, you know, that I'm, I'm learning from. And, and it's so much fun to hang out with them um, because their love for students is just as vibrant as it was when they were 20. Yeah. Um, but now they're in their 50s and 60s. Um, and and it's cool to walk with, and so and I know that's their passion. Um, that's why they rubbed shoulders with me and spent time with me and made time to have coffee with me, or or they'll pick up the phone when I call them, mm-hmm. um, because they're going to take that time. And then they want me to do the same thing. That when a younger leader calls me, I pick up the phone for them. And so mm-hmm. that's always been my challenge. So when I coach somebody and we're done, we walk the journey as far as we can. I'll be like, all right, now. It's your turn. Go find somebody and you pour these same things into them that I poured into you. Um, and because uh, that's what my coach said to me. He's like, this, hey, get in this boy. Get yeah. in the game. Yeah. Um, start helping somebody. 
So that's, that's awesome. why I do it. That's awesome. And I know you brought up the the Paul and Timothy, you know, analogy earlier. And I think that's that's we all need those Pauls in our life, and we all need those Timothys in our life. Mm-hmm. And and one of the coolest things from the National Youth Worker Convention that I went to back in, in November. Um, the very first thing that I went to was a, a workshop uh, all about your first two years in youth ministry. And I was assigned it because I was blogging for him and everything. Um, but uh, but I stepped in there and and initially Josh Griffin's like, why are you in here? <laughs> like you, your first two <laughs> years were years ago. I told him I was, you know, what I was doing and everything. But, but what I loved hearing, it wasn't necessarily any of like what they were saying was, it was great content, fantastic content, but I love connecting with the other youth workers in there. They were brand new and just starting off and just seeing their, their vibrance, their excitement, their, how green they were, questions they were asking. It just, it gave me a different perspective as someone who's been in it for 14, 15 years now to be able to see through their eyes again. So I think I'm assuming you, I think you alluded to this earlier too, you benefit from the coaching probably just as much as the the people you're coaching probably benefits from it. Oh yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, because there's things that younger leaders make me aware of that I'm like, okay, I'm, yeah. I need to go study this. Mm-hmm. I need to go dig in on this. What, you know, and, and why are they thinking this way? And, and so, yeah, I'm learning a lot more about student culture and, and about where people are. Um, and yeah, I mean, that just makes me a better leader. Um, mm-hmm. when I take that time to ask the questions and get to understand their world a little bit more. Um, and, uh, because things have changed mm-hmm. dramatically, <laughs> um, from when I started, um, you don't know, graphs mean, anymore. Stuff, <laughs> yeah, no, no more flannel Well, and I was just talking with a buddy of mine. Um, he and I were youth pastors together back in Michigan, and we had a, a, a network, and uh, we would meet monthly for for lunch, for prayer. Um, we planned um, outings at, for there was like six churches that came together, and and we would plan stuff and winter retreats and. And we used to do laser tag leagues. You know, we bought all this laser tag gear from the stores, and and we literally bought out one store on a day because <laughs> they got a shipment in, and five of us guys went in and bought them out. Nice. Um, and they were like, "Why are you buying all this laser tag <laughs> stuff?" And we're like, "We're just having fun in this winter. That's all." Yeah. Um, you know, we used to, but, but we used to do. I mean. Um, Doug Fields would appreciate this because um, I had the old youth specialties um, books. Mm. Um, I, I had the whole volume, the whole series. Nice. In fact, I, I think I still actually have them somewhere on my shelf um, or in a box mm. somewhere. But in there was a description of how to make a little stool that you could electrify. <laughs> um, and and I was talking to my buddy about this the other day. I said, Tim, do you remember how we, we got 20 kids lined up and one person would put their hand on one screen on the stool and and everybody would join hands all the way around and then we'd get one person to push the button and that would send a shockwave all he's like can't do that anymore (laughs) no no (laughs) no so there it's amazing what stuff the stuff that was in those books yeah would you know you'd get sued for now (laughs) right um but so I'm trying to learn, okay, what do the cool, hip, new youth pastors are? What are they doing to shock kids like we used to shock? Because yeah, um, I know there's just different yeah. things. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but we literally used to shock yeah. people. 
Um, and it was so much fun. Um, cool. <laughs> <laughs> the things you could get away with back in the day that oh, you can't so get away true. with now. They're so true. But uh, yeah, but but I learned a lot from that. So That's it's cool. fun. So I, I had two, two questions that I think are probably on the, the minds of, of a lot of people listening as they're thinking now about coaching, maybe the, for the first time. Um, who is this for, number one? Because I think a lot of people may think, okay, if I'm going through some hard times or I'm on the verge of burnout, uh, something like that, then okay, this coaching thing definitely seems like something I should be interested in. Is it also for people that are not in places like that? And what could you say to people that are in actually a good place? Is is coaching still for them too? Yeah, um, most definitely. Because my whole thing is 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 you know everybody knows leaders are learners, um, and learners are leaders. Um, if if you're going to lead and you want to break through that law of the lid, you got to keep growing. You got to keep developing. You don't. You don't want to get into the cycle as a youth pastor that you're just recycling and recycling and recycling, um, because you are going to get stagnant and the kids are going to catch on that you're. You know, you'll lose your passion. You just will. Um, I don't know anybody that can try to run that cycle on the on, on the wheel and keep it fresh. Um, and so, yeah, when I believe it or not, when I hired a coach, I was doing some of the best ministry that I ever done. Mm. But it was at that point, that's when I knew, okay, I need to grow even more because if I expect God to bring more harvest, I got to know how to handle it. Mm. I got to be ready for it. And so that's when I sought out my coach. And so he helped me think about how has God wired me? What's my leadership style? How am I, how am I wired? And then not just the Enneagram stuff and all that. I mean, it's, it's important to learn those personality traits and things, but more importantly is how does that apply? Um, you can read the books, but if you don't know how to apply it, you're in trouble. And so I think for any leader, the importance of having somebody that can come alongside and say, okay, hey, I, I want to help you develop yourself and grow as a leader to think bigger than where you are, um, to, to think about some of these other things of structures and safety and security and onboarding and, and volunteer care. There's, there's so much that a leader coach can walk alongside and say, have you thought through these processes? Do you have, you know, there are a lot of us that struggle with organization. We like going Mach 3 with our hair hmm. on fire um, and nothing frustrates a senior pastor typically more than a youth pastor that just looks like he's winging it all the time. Now, I think that as I look around, I think we're doing better as a student ministry culture to be more organized and to have a, a flow and a plan and a strategy than we've ever had. Um, but there's still more that we can do. Um, to raise that level of influence, and and uh, so and that is a big change from back in the day to now. A lot more student leaders are more convinced of this early on that I need to be a good leader, mm. um, and so I think that's it. Is that if you're if you're organized, if you're feeling good, that's the place that a, a, a leadership coach can help go even further and take you that to that next step. Um, to get you to think a little bit deeper, a little bit wider, um, and and to grow yourself to where you're building a team, you're learning to replace yourself, um, that you're getting beyond building the student ministry around you, but you're building it around a team culture and, and you're stepping out um, less becoming more. 
Um, and so, yeah, I, I think, you know, yeah, don't get into the idea that, that leadership coaching is only for when you're in the hard times, um, when you feel like you're in the valley. Um, leadership is also, uh, coaching is for those that are even up on the mountaintops um, because sooner or later you may hit the valley. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah. preparation and stuff, I think it's a lot of times, um, my wife and I get asked sometimes when we go to like marriage events and things like that, they're like, really? Or, I thought your marriage is doing pretty well. I'm like, it is. We want to keep it that way. And I think it's very similar to, to ministry coaching mm-hmm. and stuff too. We want to keep going, yep. you know, and in a good direction and, and then make that even better yeah. in the future. Yes. Yes. So, so if someone's interested in coaching um, through you, what what's the first steps? Mm-hmm. What does that look like? I guess as as they start out that process. Yeah, well, there's a couple things. Um, you can go to kmccoach.net, um, and on there it talks a little bit about what KMC coaching is. Um, there is even, uh, if you scroll down to the bottom of the page, there's a calendar down there. You can even pick a day and a time. I do f- uh, a free 30 minute, which usually turns into about 45 minutes. <laughs> um, and sometimes an hour, um, if they want it, but I- I'm generous with that. Um, but it's a time to just to talk, um, to hear where you are, um, to see if, if we're a good fit. Because I'm one of those coaches, again, not a great business model, but I'm one of those coaches that if I don't sense that we're going to connect well or if I'm going to be able to meet your needs, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sell you on me. I'm going to, I'm going to say, Hey, you know what? I do know somebody else that can help you. Mm. And so here's a, I'm going to set up a a conversation with that coach um, or that leader and say, Hey, this is a good fit for you. Um, so I know that's not a great business model, but that's my strategy. (laughs) Um, it's what I, my conviction of what I feel like is the right thing to do, but basically we'll set up 30 minutes to talk, um, get an idea. I do one-on-one coaching. Um, so if you'd rather do one-on-one, um, we, we set that up and we figure out what the best timing of that is, whether it's once a month or every other week, and then we'll figure out the costs for that. Um, and, uh, but I also do small group coaching as well. And so there are small groups, um, and we've got a small group one that's going to be launching in late January, early February. Um, and it's going to be all about time management structures, um, calendaring, strategic calendar. Um, so what makes the difference between just throwing calendar uh, dates on a calendar to, to making a plan with your calendar um, and those kind of things. Um, and so that small group's going to be diving in on some of those topics um, where, so it'll be a, a group of five or six leaders um, and uh, we'll hit some live teaching and then do some Q&A, some application of everybody can say, hey, this is my culture. This is my context. How would this work? Um because again, I don't want to just throw I, that. That's where when I went to conferences, I'd get stuck because I'd hear all these great ideas, and then I'd be like, "How do hmm. I make this fit for me?" That's great. That's that worked for you. You know, you're in the city. I'm in the country. Yeah. What's how? I, my kids are totally different than yours. Mm. And and that's why I value coaching so much more than you know. Conferences are great for getting a a, a fire hose, uh, drink out of a fire hose, mm-hmm. but coaching really takes that and says. Let's have a cup of coffee mm. and let's savor the flavor. Let's, mm. let's diagnose what this flavor is. Mm. Um, and, and that's really the best thing. So, so group coaching, you, you're, you're still getting a little fire hose, but you're still getting a cup of coffee too. It's kind of, and it's a little more affordable um, to, to do that option as well. But I'll work with anybody because I'm so committed to this that I'm just trusting God um, to work out the financial side of things. <laughs> I'm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. I'm a terrible businessman. If somebody's got business brains, call me. I would love to pick your brain. But you can coach you on your business. So. <laughs> yes, I'll take the business coach. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tom, I, our time is wrapping up, uh, but I want to give an yeah. opportunity. You shared a lot of wisdom already, but um, I do want to give you an opportunity to maybe another couple tips that um, come to your mind as you're you have an opportunity to to share um, with a bunch of youth pastors out there, a bunch of youth workers who are. Mm-hmm. Now primed and ready, like, okay, they're thinking about coaching. They're thinking about their longevity in ministry. How can I reach that 30 to 40-year mark? How can I pour in other people? Um, You've got a long history of doing that. So what are a couple tips that you'd like to share with the youth workers that are listening? Mm, That's a great question. Um, I think one of the most important things you can do is truly solidify your why. Um, and, And that becomes a buzz phrase sometimes, but I mean, I... I want to know when I sit down and talk to somebody, what what makes them angry hmm. in this world today? What's what's that one thing that just drive that they that wakes them up at night that just bugging them? And, and is that your driving force? Hmm. Um, and then and then how do you know that you know that you know that you're you're called to ministry? Hmm. Um, because you got to know those things to stay in it for the long haul. Because when a parent comes at you because they didn't like you for, you know, taking your kids someplace or doing, you know, chubby bunny when you or, shouldn't be doing chubby bunny. Or anymore. electrocuting them or, you know. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah, doing the electric chair. Um, you know, and, and then the pastor even comes at you and goes, you you know, what are you thinking? You you idiot. Um, I actually had a pastor call me an idiot one time. Um, it's like, what were you thinking? And I was like, oh man, I'm out of here. This is, I'm not, don't treat me like, you know, but I, but I had to remember my calling and I had to remember my why. And I had to remember that that one thing that kept made me angry was a student that didn't know about Jesus that died, Mm. you know? Um, And I know that's a really graphic horror thing, but I had a student that passed away that, that I had talked to and had a conversation, but never got to see them come to Christ. And, and that makes me mad in my spirit. That makes, that makes me grieve. Um, and then to know that, that there's other, <laughs> that little girl, I still see her face. Mm. Um, she's my why. She's, she's why I stay in ministry, mm. why I keep going, because there's another one out there somewhere. So I would tell you, find your, find your why, um, know your calling, um, and, and, and hold on to those things deeply and passionately guard them. Um, but know that what you're doing is one of the greatest things ever. And, and uh, that to be called into ministry and to serve the King of Kings and to hold his book in our hands every week um, is one of the greatest honors we have. And um, there's nothing better. I mean, there, it's, it's worth digging in for. It's, it's worth fighting the fight for. And, and so I think if you can grab onto your why and hold on to it, that's going to keep you and sustain you. Um, it's, it's going to help you push through, um, the times that you don't want to push through. Um, it's, it's going to be that, um, yeah, the why is, is more than a buzzword to me. And, and it's something that sometimes I, I just don't want people to lose it, um, as a, as a catchphrase or cliche, but it, it is truth to me. I think, I, I honestly think if, if you know why you're called into ministry and you know how you're called into ministry, then you're going to keep doing it, um, for the long haul. You're going to keep seeing that next student. And, and there is no up 
promotion. There's no, you know, to me, a senior pastor, if God ever told me that's where he wanted me to go next, that's just another assignment. It's not a step up. It's not a step down. It's not a step sideways. It's just another step. Um, it's just another part of the body of Christ that he called me to be. And, uh, if he wants me to, to, to stay where I am for the rest of my life, I'm, I'm good with that. Um, and, uh, so I think be content, know who you are, know, know your leadership style. Don't compare yourself. I guess that'd be another thing to say. Um, and, and, uh, when you know those things and you know who you are and you know, your calling, you can, you can overcome anything. You can push through anything and it's worth it. Yeah. Um, it's worth it to see those students come down the road and, and, uh, to call you up, you know, later on in life. Um, and say, hey, I want you to meet my fiance or, you know, or hey, I, guess what? I'm going into Bible college because I want to be like you. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing seeing them lead their own student group on a mm-hmm. missions trip. Um, and they're like, hey, can you tell me how did you set this up? Um, you know, we did all these crazy things. How did you pull <laughs> that off? You know, and then I'm able, that's just too cool. Yeah. Um, it's, it comes full circle. So it's pretty awesome to do that kind of stuff. So that's awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much. I'm, I'm not picturing in my head my, the, the music's coming in. We're about to offer an invitation after that one. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to commit to ministry all over again after that. So, <laughs> <I'm on. laughs> uh, so Tom, I know people are going to want to connect with you. Uh, we know kmccoach.net already, but uh, what if they want to ask you a couple questions, maybe connect with you on social media and, and hear you on a regular basis. I know you got your own podcast, so uh, plug yeah. away. All right. Well, um, you can go to the Kids Kids Ministry Collective podcast um, on pretty much any platform out there. Um, but if you go to iTunes, whatever, just uh, go into Kids Ministry Collective. Um, yeah, we've got a podcast there that, that hits all sorts of children's ministry, family ministry uh, type stuff. You've been on there. We've done joint episodes, mm-hmm. which has always been fun. Um, and uh, um, but uh, PT Bump on Instagram and Twitter, um, Facebook is just Tom Bump. There's a couple of us there, but um, you'll find me. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I would love to have conversations. Um, my contact information's on the website, or you can go to TomBump.com uh, as well as KMCCoach.net. Uh, and and find me there. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm always here available uh, to pour into anybody, if, especially, you know, again, if you're hurting, if you're, if you're thinking about walking away from ministry, please do re- reach out. Um, let's talk. Um, a lot of times I, I've pretty much, I'm almost ready to almost put a, a money back guarantee on this, <laughs> that, that you can tell me your story and then I'll tell you some of my stories and I can pretty much guarantee you, you'll feel better um, after you've heard my <laughs> stories and you'll think, it's not so bad. It's, bad. it's not so bad, <laughs> which is scary to say that. Yeah. Now. yeah. But, but I can say that looking back on some of the stories that I went through, it was pretty, you know, it's pretty ugly sometimes, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm here to help. And, and uh, you know, with a name like bump, you kind of have to get used to the rough stuff. And I don't know, maybe that's why God, God let me do that. I there don't know. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, man, if I can help anybody out there, um, and thanks for letting me uh, share my heart about, for coaching and stuff. Steve, I appreciate you and, and your podcast. I enjoy listening and uh, enjoy hanging out with you. Looking forward to hanging with you at Orange Conference. I'll be there. Yeah, it's going to so. be right around the corner. Huh. 
man, it's already 2020, so it's like three months say, away. Man. I, yeah, <laughs> I got to work on my travel arrangements. I haven't yeah. done that yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know a guy. If, if you, uh, it's hey, you. Yeah. Wait a second. <laughs> oh, that's true. I guess I better get going with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, we'll have all those, uh, all those links and stuff in the, in the show notes. So if you didn't get a chance to, to write those down, we'll, we'll have them down there and you can click away. But, uh, but Tom, as, as we've said already, it's been so great to have you on and, uh, man, thank you so much for all you've been done through the years. Thank you for all the, the coaching that you're doing now to pour into other, other ministers and other, uh, youth workers and children's workers and may God bless that ministry. Hey, thank you much. I appreciate it. And thank you once again for tuning in to episode 49 of the Student Ministry Podcast. We'll be back next month with another episode. And, uh, and as I've said before, I think in the last podcast, I w- I'm, I'm experimenting with some other things. Maybe I'll get an opportunity to do more episodes. Maybe a couple more times this year, there'll be more than just one episode a month. I'm not promising anything. Um, we'll see We'll see where God takes it. But, uh, but thank you guys so much for tuning in. And I want to thank our sponsor of this episode one more time, G-Shades Student Curriculum. Head over to their website, gshades.org, to download a free week of their curriculum. And then when you use the uh, the promo code STUMINPOD, that's S-T-U-M-I-N-P-O-D, when you check out, you'll receive 5% off your order. And that also shows them that uh, that we sent you. So thanks again to the uh, gshades.org for sponsoring this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. And thank you guys once again for tuning in today. If you haven't yet subscribed, please do so. If you haven't yet shared this with anybody else, please do so. That just kind of helps us. Um, you know how all their algorithms work, right? It just helps us kind of rise to the top, not because we're any better than any any other podcast out there. There's amazing podcasts out there, but it just helps other people find us better. So if you're if you're subscribing and if you're sharing it, it helps other people know, hey, these are other podcasts that people should be listening to as well. And it kind of it does something with the algorithm, and and we kind of start uh, to be noticed a little more often. And it helps these stories be heard by uh, by other youth workers out there. And so, um, please be able be sure to do that and also contact us, um, social media, all that stuff. Um, let us know number one, what you think about the podcast, leave us a positive comment, all that sort of thing. But also if you have someone that we need to interview on a future episode, be sure to shoot their name our way and we'll do our best to get them on a future episode because like I said so many times before, this has been just a huge blessing to be able to interview um, all these youth workers over the last four years. And I'm excited to see what God uh, does in the future and and what other conversations he allows me to have um, because I benefit a lot from hearing these interviews and talking with them myself. And so um, I'm also excited for for that, for just personally, um, as a selfish reason, I love doing this. I love hearing what God is doing. So I hope you enjoy it too and I hope you share it with others. And uh, until we we talk next time. May God bless your ministry.